You're listening to The Wealth Standard Radio, your gold standard in everything financial. Hey everyone, this is Patrick Donahoe, host of The Wealth Standard Radio. Thanks for joining us today. We're, uh, we're episode 127 and we have a very special guest that I'll get to in just a second. It is, uh, it's going to be Tom, Tom Wheelwright. Tom's not a stranger to, uh, to our show. He's been on a few times in the past, but what we're going to be talking about today, uh, surprise, surprise, for those of you who know him, is going to be, uh, going to be taxes. But before we get to that, just, uh, just a, a quick announcement in regards to a few things that are coming up uh, in the next uh, couple weeks or so, I believe in about 10 days, the deadline for registration for the Real Estate Guys Radio Summit at Sea. Uh, this is an event that uh, I've been to for the last number of years and definitely encourage those of you who want to take your real estate game to the next level, uh, but even business owners and entrepreneurs that really want to rub shoulders with uh, with like-minded people, it's a great way uh, great way to do it. Plus, they have the, the, uh, the honor of having Robert Kiyosaki himself, author of the uh, book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Uh, he's going to be uh, in attendance the entire time and part of the faculty. So it's definitely going to be uh, an event not to miss. Okay, so let's uh, let's maybe uh, preface some of the uh, the content of what we're going to be talking about with Tom. Uh, Tom obviously is an incredibly uh, gifted individual, and I've had the pleasure of knowing him for uh, for a number of years now. And he wrote the book uh, Tax Free Wealth, and he's also a rich dad advisor. And uh, the level of knowledge that that he has in regards to taxes doesn't make it. Uh, over over your head. Now, some of the things that we may talk about on this in this interview, it might it might seem complex, it might seem abstract, but in the end, really, if you think about one of the biggest destroyers of wealth, uh, but also the biggest creators of wealth, it all has to do with taxes. And right now, because of the the debates that are going on amongst the presidential candidates, uh, one of the the main things that they are talking about is tax policy. Because right now, the the tax code is is very complex. It's long. There are a lot of different sections of it, and there's a lot of misconceptions in regards to uh, what the tax code is meant for. And so Tom really sheds some light and really plays off of uh, the theme of his book, which is the tax code essentially being a guide map to not paying taxes. And really the the direction of the economy oftentimes is directed by uh, the, the different provisions in the tax code because it incentivizes the money flow of the American public to go to different sections, whether it's charity, whether it's energy, uh, whether it's low-income housing. Uh, there's a number of, number of ways, numbers of channels that this money goes through because of the incentives that are found within the tax code. So I'm sure we're going to get into that, but looking at, you know, really the, the candidates themselves, whether it's the Republican side or the Democrat side, you know, a lot of it is really playing off of one of the biggest concerns that the American public has right now, which is in regards to tax policy. And I think, you know, and I can def, I'm definitely in this camp where, you know, you look at a paycheck, you look at uh, the taxes that are on your heating bill and your water bill, uh, the taxes on your cell phone bill, really taxes involved with pretty much every transaction that we partake in. And it's, and it's unfortunate. I think if individuals really saw the amount of money that goes out to, to different government bodies, whether it's local or federal, uh, they would, I don't know, it, it, it should cause concern. And so you have kind of the, the conspicuous upfront type of tax, but then you have the behind the scenes uh, inconspicuous tax, which is inflation. And these wealth destroyers, if you're not uh, if you're not educated on these topics, in the end, what, what you do with your money can uh, essentially dr- drastically be impacted by the amount of tax you pay. So I highly encourage that you uh, get onto some of Tom's publications. Uh, he does uh, do a, a pretty active blog that's, uh, that's free. I guess it's kind of a blog slash newsletter, uh, but he's also... Also on the Rich Dad Radio Show, which is a very popular podcast, you can download uh, and subscribe for free. And he's—I'd say—he's on there probably at least once a month. Uh, but also go on to Amazon 
uh, or Audible and check out Tom's book, which is called Tax Free Wealth. So I hope you guys enjoy uh, enjoy this interview. It's always a pleasure talking to Tom. Uh, so let's go ahead and cut to the interview, and then I'll see you on the back end. Hi everyone. It is uh, it is a pleasure to be in beautiful, sunny Phoenix, Arizona. Well, I think technically it's Tempe, Arizona, uh, but I am uh, I'm here with a good friend of mine, uh, Tom Wheelwright. Tom, how's it going? Great. Good to have you here. Get this, you out of the cold. I know. Seriously, I left at 30 degrees this morning and uh, now I'm 75 in a beautiful, beautiful 75. So <laughs> uh, definitely not worth it in the summertime, but for sure this time of year. Uh, but for, for many of you guys have uh, they've been listening for a while know who Tom is. For those of you who are, are new listeners, uh, let me just go ahead and introduce him really quick. So Tom, Tom is the, the CEO of ProVision, uh, which is a, a CPA and a wealth strategy firm. And uh, they're based out of Tempe, Arizona. And uh, Tom also is the uh, the author of Tax Free Wealth, which was uh, written a few years ago, uh, with uh, underneath the the Rich Dad Advisor uh, uh, company or group. And so uh, Tom obviously is a Rich Dad Advisor as well on tax and wealth strategy. Okay, and uh, it's been it, it really is an honor to know Tom, and he's taught me more than I can um, more than I can explain on a, on a on a podcast. But he's he's brilliant, and I'm really excited for the topic that we have we have today. And it's cool because we're looking out at this beautiful, I mean, you have one of the coolest offices I think I've ever, I've ever seen. I, I saw it a few, a few, you know, a few years ago, right. I think it was. And uh, it was right, right after you guys moved in, but now it's just, yeah, you it's, get goosebumps kind of looking at it. It's pretty amazing. We have a 360 degree view of the Valley of the Sun and uh, we're on the top floor. We have no obstructions and it's, and we always have clear skies. And it's all modern. So, it's all modern. It's clean. It's, you know. It's, yep. Everybody's got a view. Yeah. We've got whiteboards, whiteboard walls all yeah. over the place, whiteboard tables. And that has to. It's, it's pretty cool. And that has to. I mean, I would, I would think with just like a culture and an atmosphere, when, when, the, when it's sunny and it's clear it, and it's warm, right? It, it helps. You know, it helps energy. It helps people work harder. I, 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 I don't clear. think any question. I mean, it's just better. And then we went to a. We actually went to a dress code, um, which is dress for your day, uh, which is, okay, so if you, you know, we have certain minimums, you know, no shorts, you know, no... Um, Board shorts, uh, flip-flops. No, no flip-flops, <laughs> et cetera. Um, but you can wear jeans, you can wear nice jeans, and if you don't have a client coming in, you know, be comfortable. So that's helped too. Well, it's all about culture, right? It's it all is. about the um, energy you come is. to the office with. But anyway, this is a, it's a beautiful office. Okay, so let's... So we, we started to have a conversation earlier, right? And it, it was in regards to, I think, what, what some of the buzz is right now with, with uh, the presidential, you know, because Obama's, Obama's reign is, uh, is coming, to a, <laughs> it's coming, to a, it's coming to a close. It is. Right. And, uh, and so, so next year we're going to be voting on a, on a new, on a new president. So right now, uh, I think that the Republicans are definitely making some waves, mainly because of Donald Trump. Uh, but some of the things that we talked about are in regards to the, the most recent debate where they really talked a lot about tax, taxes and what has to happen to the tax code. And I think the consensus there is that it's complicated, it's long, and there's loopholes, and they're really kind of playing the political cards with, with what they're talking about. And on the surface, it, it sounds good, right? A flat tax, oh, I don't have to pay 15%, I don't have to pay 20%. But in the end, most people really don't talk about the unintended consequences, so maybe let's just start there. I mean, when you when you listen to what they're saying, I mean, of course they're not educated in that realm. They're listening to their advisors, but you are, and you understand all those different angles. So, what what were some of your initial reactions to some of the tax plans that that they were talking about? Well, first of all, I I, I kind of laugh. So, um, 
Uh, Thanks for addressing this topic, because I I think it's a big topic. I I think it's one that doesn't get addressed. Um, I did notice in the Republican debate this week that um, next to Homeland Security, it was the biggest topic on Facebook. Yeah, I saw this. Which I thought that was, I actually, I think that's really cool that people are talking about taxes. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it's pretty funny when you hear Carly Fiorina, who says, I want a three-page tax code. And I'm going, really? And what planet do you live on? (laughs) Okay, because I'm going, you have a three page tax code, you're going to get compliance like they have in Greece and you're going to have an economy like Greece has. Okay, so that by itself. But but there are a couple of things that are really interesting to me. I mean, you know, you have Ted Cruz and and, uh, abolish the IRS, you know, and um, and then, you know, you have all these flat taxes and, uh, you know, you have Ben Carson who wants a tithing tax. Right. He's thinking he says. Yeah, it's a 15, 20% rate. It'll it'll keep us even. We're just going to re- eliminate all the deductions. I'm going, well, it, it's interesting. You know, I was in, um, I don't know if you know this, I was in Washington, D.C. the last time we had tax reform yeah, in 1986 yeah. with Ronald Reagan. And uh, interestingly enough, when, when, the, when Reagan's bill was first proposed, it was called the Tax Simplification Act of 1985. Until they, until they came up with, well, wait a minute, we can't have, tax simplification, and then it hurts too many people. So they completely changed the name to the Tax Fairness Act of 1986. So they took out the simplification idea. And so it's, <laughs> which is really interesting. And then last week I was in uh, Washington, D.C. I was at the uh, American Institute of CPAs National Tax Conference. Mm-hmm. And I'm listening to Dave Camp, who was former chair of Ways and Means, and I'm, you know, listening to these people. And it, it's just, to me, the discussion is great. The, the challenge is when you start talking about simplifying the tax code, I, I kind of compare it to our bodies. What's the most complicated organism on earth? The human body, right? Are we calling for simplification of the human body because we want to be able to operate on ourselves? We want to be able to take care of everything that goes wrong with ourselves. We don't want doctors anymore, right? No, nobody's talking about that because guess what? Actually, maintaining a healthy body is pretty simple, right? Get enough rest, right? Get get the right right eat the right things, yep. right? Healthy diet, exercise, get exercise, and reduce your stress. Mm-hmm. I mean, those four things, you're good to go, mm-hmm. right? Those are simple, aren't they? But the body itself, very complex. The reason it works so well is because it's complex. If it were simple, we have simple bodies. They're called robots. They don't do much, okay? Um, and the, the the better the robot, the more complex it is. So I'm not I'm not opposed to simplicity by definition. I love simplicity. But when it comes to the tax law, I think what we have to look at is historically what's the purpose of the tax law, and then what do we want the purpose to be? And I think to me, as long as you understand what the purpose is currently, what the consequences are of that purpose, and how it works. And then what the consequences would be if you made a major change like uh, a, a flat tax, like a Ted Cruz or a, or um, Rand Paul or, or, or one of these guys, then uh, as long as you understand that, then fine. Then you can make a, 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 a um, informed decision. But you're saying that they don't really understand it. Well, I, I, clearly, Carly Fiorina, who was the CEO of one of the biggest companies in the world, does not understand the tax law yep. at all. Yep. Okay? I don't expect Ben Carson to understand the tax law. 
I think Rand Paul does. I think Rand Paul, the consequences I'm going to talk about here are exactly what Rand Paul wants. Mm -hmm. And I respect that. Yep, because he understands. He's coming from a place of knowledge. He's coming from a place, I mean, his dad understood it. Mm -hmm. He understands it. I mean, he comes from a long line of people, and it's, it's a very libertarian concept. And if that's what you want, is you want government completely out of the world, then then you really should vote for Rand Paul. Yep. I mean, in my opinion, because he's the only one that's saying we're going to do it not just for the simplicity. We're going to do it because we want government out of out our of, lives completely. Yep. Okay. The others are saying that the challenge I have with a lot of the others is what they're really saying is we want government out of our lives here, but we want to put it somewhere else. I mean, so with Ted Cruz, I want government in your lives when it comes to Planned Parenthood. I don't want it in your life when it comes to taxes, right? Get, uh, abolish the IRS. And of course, there's two bills right now to reduce funding for the IRS. One um, one reduces it by like 450 million, one reduces by 850 million. And that would be like, Patrick, you saying, I'm going to reduce the budget of my marketing and my sales team, okay? But I'm going to increase the budget of um, my administrative team to go out and add my receptionist and my, my receptionist <laughs> team and you know all those things that are non-productive. I'm yeah. going to do that, yeah. but I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm going to reduce the budget of those people who bring the money in. Which, by the way, is just a ridiculous sense. notion. I mean, the, the, what what happens when you know people complain about I can't get a hold of the IRS and yet they say, well, we want to abolish the IRS. Well. Wait a minute. Which one do you want yeah. here? Okay, if if you want to get a hold of the IRS, if you want to know what's going on, then you better increase their funding, not decrease their funding. Okay, so that's that aside. Mm-hmm. So let, let, let's talk a little bit about. Well, let me set the let me set the context because a lot of people that are listening to this have read, have read your book, right? Your book is a great place to start in regards to context because what it, it does is. is it explains the tax code right. from a completely different vantage point that I don't think anybody really has done other than you. And this vantage point is essentially, the tax code is essentially a map, right? And right. it's a map to teach you how to not pay taxes. And what right. it does, they create these different you know, sections so that it incentivizes people to put money in different sections, right? So it could be the charitable thing. It could be oil and gas, a lot of you know, uh, low-income housing. Right. So there's a lot of different incentives for whether it's business owners or investors or whomever to put money in specific locations because right. they don't have to pay any taxes on it. Right. So why did they, why did the government, you know, why did the IRS or why is the tax code set up that way? Because it positions money, it positions resources in those various industries, correct? Right. So so if if you believe that so if you believe government should set policy in in the US, that that, that part of their job is to set policy. If if you're Rand Paul and you think their only job is to have some limited defenses and that's it. That's fine. But if you think that they should actually set energy policy, they should actually set some economic policy, housing, um, housing policy, um, energy policy, uh, you know, agricultural policy. If you think that they should act, I'm not talking about controlling it. I'm just talking about setting policy. Because once you set policy, it's if you're not going to have an enforcement mechanism for that policy, then you might as well not have the policy at all. Okay, it's like we're going to be tough on crime, but have no policemen. I mean, it's kind of like that, <laughs> yeah, right? Makes sense. Okay, it it it, does, it 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 actually, you know, you, you can't have you know you can't have one without the other. So the tax law historically in all countries, not just ours, is a series of incentives. 
And it's a series of incentives, and as, as you see from my book, it's a series of incentives for particular people, primarily business owners and investors. And the reason is because if you start with a high tax rate, so we have a, a top tax rate now of roughly 40%. If you include state taxes, let's say it's on average 45%. So you got a 45% tax rate. Well, at that rate, if you give people an, a tax incentive, because people hate paying taxes, because it's an emotional issue, then if you give them an, a tax incentive, it actually has proven to be a very efficient way to motivate people to do certain things. So, for example, let me give you a – we talked about a few examples um, earlier today. Um, uh, to me, one of the easiest ones is oil and gas. Okay, now, there are a lot of people that don't want to incentivize oil and gas. I mean, obviously, o Obama said no, no to the Keystone Pipeline. So, he says we do not want – oil and gas. He's had in his budget, ever since he was elected, he's had an elimination of the oil and gas tax benefits. Mm. Now, let's think about what happens. So in oil and gas, if you invest $100, you effectively get an $80 deduction day one. Well, so if you're in a 40% tax bracket, four times eight is 32, right? So that's a 32% return on your investment day one. Or another way to say it is, the government is taking 32% of the risk and you're taking 68% of the risk. Okay. So oil and gas, as we all know, it's a very risky investment. I mean, first of all, you don't even know for sure it's there. Even if you know it's there, you really don't know whether you can get it out and how much it's going to cost to get it out. And on top of that, you have no idea what the price is going to be. Okay. So way more riskier than say housing where you build a, you, you know, you build an apartment building. Your only risk is, can I fill it with people? You're not, you're not worried about, is, the, is it going to be there tomorrow? Because it will be. You, it it will be. be and you don't even have to worry about, will the price drop 50% tomorrow? Because even when we had the big crash of 2008, it took three years for that price to come down. We started Washington in 2007. Then it came down some more in 2008. 2009 and 10 is where it hit bottom. But it took three years. Oil and gas, it took three months to go from 100 plus 50. to 50. Okay, and so you've got a much more dynamic situation, and, and I'm not saying we should or shouldn't. All I'm saying is, is that just recognize that the consequence of eliminating that tax benefit is, I, my belief, nobody will invest in oil and gas. Now, your, your big, big oil companies, they'll always invest in oil and gas. They have the money. But what you're doing is, is you're pushing all the money to big oil, okay, and all the independents Basically, the independents go away, and there's no way, and big oil won't do things. If you want to get rid of shale production, big oil's not interested in shale production. It, there's, it, it's too low of a return on investment. They want the big deep wells. Okay, so big oil, big oil doesn't do shale. They don't. They don't do that. So all of this oil, the reason your gas prices are $2 a gallon right now is because of the shale. Okay, if it weren't for that investment, your gas prices would be back up at $5 a, a barrel. I mean, a gallon. If if you don't care and that's what you want, then that's okay. Just recognize that that's the consequence. Um, well, it's, well, it's with fracking too. So what, right. what incentivized oil drillers to go figure out the fracking technology, right? It's because they were incentivized to make right. money, right? And they were getting a lot of the money to be able to invest in that type of infrastructure from investors. If that investment no longer is there, then the technological yeah. Yeah. improvements let, are let, not going to be there either. Let me, let me give you another one. Drugs. Okay. Why, why, why do drug companies go after, um, spend all this money in research and development? 
Well, you can say, well, because they're going to make a big, big money down the road. Yeah, but they also have a big research and development tax credit. So what happens is the government's shared the risk with them and said, look, if you do this, we'll give you this big tax credit. Now, in Arizona, it's at, the Arizona credit's actually twice as big as the, the federal credit. Wow. So if federal credit's 10%, Arizona's 20. Hmm. And so you got basically, when you look at it, you got 30% off the top benefit for doing your research and development work. Well, okay, what happens if we don't have that incentive? France, for example, who um, is very big and very innovative these days, you know, Airbus and, you know, a lot of innovation, they have a way bigger research and development tax benefit than we do. You actually hire a PhD for research and development. They pay a salary for two years. So there's huge benefits in other countries. And here's part of it is, we're competing with those companies now with those countries now you, you know a lot of people say well yeah but if i have if i reduce the tax rate i'm going to have that money anyway yes but here's the point is that you may have more money but this goes back to my original statement which is if you want the government to have a policy they need a way to to encourage and enforce that policy yep. okay so if you want them to have a policy towards clean energy, well, okay, so there are lots of tax credits for clean energy. Mm-hmm. If you want to have them a policy towards low-income housing, here, here's something that I am absolutely convinced of. You take away, you lower the tax rate. Let's say you lower it to 15%. Okay, great, I have more money. What are you going to do with that money? Whatever I want to do with it. Okay, well, a lot of people go, that's what it should be. Great. Okay, well, let's think about this. You lower it to 15%. I can invest anywhere I want. I might get invest in low-income housing. And the answer is absolutely not. not. I mean, the rents aren't good, you know, unless it's government subsidized rents. Now you might as well have a tax benefit because you're subsidized. It's a subsidy anyway. You're going, why is a tax subsidy better, worse than a direct subsidy? And actually, they've proven that a tax subsidy is way less costly and way more efficient than a direct subsidy. Okay. So we're going, okay, so we're going to... Um, it, we're, we're not going to incentivize the low-income housing. So who's going to build it? Who's going to build low-income housing? Well, it's going to fall to probably, there's only two places it can fall. It can fall to charity yeah, or, government. or it can fall to government. And we know how good government is at building housing because we've seen projects that have been built in um, in Europe, in Russia, yeah, um, in, you know, in, uh, <laughs> in, in, the, in, 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 in the Bronx, I mean, in, in China, China's built these buildings. Uh, buildings yeah, and you look, what do you, what do you have? You have these, these ugly concrete structures yeah. that are a blight on society, and it's just proven. I mean, yeah. government doesn't do it well. Well, you're going, well, government should stay out. But, but, but to me, part of the issue here is if I, if I change my tax policy, and if you can't tell yet, I am actually a proponent of having the tax incentives because I think – we, I, I think that it's a, an efficient way to do it, okay? And so I'm not a big fan of government intervention, okay? I, I'm certainly not. I will tell you, though, that certain things I think are good to have. For example, low-income housing. I think that's a good thing. Let's take the, the, the biggest tax break of all, and that's small business. Small business gets the biggest tax break of all. Think about how many people go, well, I need to start a business in my home because then I get a tax break. Well, if you're, here's what happens. If your tax rate's 15%, even if you got that tax break, 
Who cares about 15 cents? Nobody cares about 15 cents. You start talking about 30, 35, 40, 40 45, 50. Yep. Now we care. There's, there's actually a, a rule of thumb in tax planning that once your tax rate drops much below 40%, you don't take taxes into consideration very much. And if you get down below 25%, they go out the window completely. You never even think about taxes. In fact, our goal, you know, I mean, our, you know, we're really good at reducing taxes. And our goal, every, every entrepreneur that comes to us, we tell them right up front, we can absolutely reduce your taxes by 10 to 40% permanently in three months or less. Okay, well, well, what's our goal? Our tax rate goal for our clients is 25%. That's our tax rate goal. We want to get them from that 45% to the 25%. And we get them 25%, that is a big win because that's almost 50%, right? That's a 40, 40-45% reduction. That's our goal. Well, if 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 what you have is that in the first place, that's all, all good. Just remember, you will have nobody will do something because of the tax rate. Now, if you're if you're if you're a libertarian like Rand Paul, that, that's what you want. That's, different. that's exactly what you want. Okay, you don't want that incentive. You think the free market will take care of it. You think the free market will take care of low-income housing. You think the free market will take care of of um, of your of, uh, of of home ownership. Mm-hmm. You think the free market will take care of that. And if you think that, that's great. But just remember that that is what you'll get. So um, you, you don't get a, a, you don't get to incentivize where the investment goes. And remember, the government doesn't tell you where to put your money. They don't say you're penalized. They don't come out and directly say you're penalized if you don't do it. But recognize that they really are telling you. Yep, they're they're telling you if you put your money here. To me, it's a very positive thought process yep. because it they're saying choice if you choose yep. to put your money here, we will we'll contribute. Yeah, we'll, we'll contribute to that. If you don't, we won't. Yep. But here's, here's what happens. So let's take the business example. So if you take the tax benefit out of business. Now what happens is, if you're an employee, you get the exact same tax situation as a business owner. So that means that you take all the risk of an entrepreneur and you're in the the same spot as the employee. Who's going to go into business? Now, some of us are crazy, like you and me, Patrick. We're going to go into business no matter what. It's not, we're, we're just nuts. Okay, we're going to do it. We're not doing it for tax purposes recognize that there are a lot of people that they go into business at least in part, not total, but in part they're going into business. They're going, well, if I do that, the government will help me out and I get this tax break and therefore, you know, cause I get to deduct my home office. Now I get to deduct my car. Now I get to deduct meals. my meals when I, when I, when I go to dinner, you know, with a, with a business, a business associate or, or my spouse, in many cases, my business associate, you know, I, I, get, I, I get to deduct my travel. I get, mm-hmm. you know, I get credits for my research and development, you know, um, you know, people go, okay, well, I'll do that. But what, what, whatever you, if, if you're, if you're good with the government and the free market absolutely determining, then in my opinion, Rand Paul's the right guy. I mean, I don't know why you would vote for anybody else because everybody else wants government in your life. Yep. They still want part of it. They want, they want government in your life somewhere. Yep. Okay. Rand Paul just says, I don't want it anywhere. Oh, yep. Okay. And and so I'm totally good with his position. Okay. On the other hand, then you have, you have really, you actually have some moderates in the Republican party and, and Donald Trump would be actually a moderate from a tax standpoint. So would Jeb Bush. So would um, uh, Marco Rubio. I mean, none of them are, are proposing a flat tax and get rid of the IRS. 
Okay, they are proposing a lower corporate tax now. Can we switch just for a second? Well, I just want to, I just want to tie that to tie yeah. all that together and then switch to the corporate side of things. Because basically, what you what you've been saying is that none of them are really identifying or talking about the unintended consequences. Right. And this is the thing: is the tax code has incentivized people for. I mean, really, there hasn't been any significant changes since the late eighties, right? right? So, so looking at what it's incentivized over the last like almost thirty years, right? It's it's basically created industries. It's created you know the financial infrastructure of all of these different types of companies. And suddenly, if you were to completely shift the tax code. Now, the unintended consequences of those other companies or these industries that have been created because of incentives, they, they kind of go away or they're going to have major, major issues, right? Because the money's not going to continue right. to flow there. Right. And, and, and the question is, if that's what you want, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. But, and, but, there no, but nobody's talking about that right. side of it. Now, here's an, here's an interesting one for you, though. So I did a um, webinar to 1,000 CPAs and I asked them, um, one of our polling questions was, if we went to a flat tax at a low rate, would that, what effect would that have on our profession? Two-thirds, fully two-thirds of them said it would create opportunities for us. It would. It would. It would create opportunities for us. And the reason is because, you know, CPAs, we're numbers people, and we can do, we, we can do other things with our time. Clients need us in other places, and taxes actually take us away from that. So we're not worried about our profession whatsoever. The, the, the question really is, it goes down unintended consequences, and you just recognize that, um, you know, it's like a, a number of years ago, you might remember that, you know, one of the big lakes around here, the biggest lake is Lake Powell, mm-hmm. okay? They did a big release from Lake Powell. They go, oh, well, Lake Powell has just destroyed all of this, 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 this ecosystem, et cetera, et cetera. Well, what happens is, of course, is that a new ecosystem is was created, developed. Yep. was developed, yep. all right? So now when you release the water, that you one. killed the, that <laughs> ecosystem. So you're going to have an ecosystem destroyed one or the other. Yeah. And the same thing is true with the, the, the tax laws. That Just recognize that you're going to have a change ecosystem. I'll give you a, a, a really good example of this. Is, and it was the 86 Act. Um, everybody remembers the savings and loan crisis in the late 80s. Mm-hmm. What most people don't recognize is that savings and loan crisis was a direct result of the change in the tax law. Because here's what happened. Some of you are old like I am, so you remember. Patrick was like a three-year-old. Okay, so wasn't that what, what, what happened was is we had a lot of real estate that people would invest. And, and of course, a lot of the investors were doctors and lawyers and high-income high, high employees, right? And they would invest in this real estate, and they'd do it over a period of time. So they'd have a five-year commitment for funding. Okay, so they'd put in maybe... $50,000 a year for five years, and that was their funding. Well, in 1986, they eliminated the tax benefit to those people, huh. okay, the pass the loss rules. Okay, they eliminated the tax benefit to those people. So here's what happened. They'll stop funding. They go, I get no tax benefit. I'm not going to fund this anymore. I'm not going to put anymore. any more money into it. So all of, those, all of those projects collapsed, wow. and that's what created it's, the savings and, and loan crisis. And it spun out of control. And huh. you had the the, the um, resolution trust cor- corporation that, that had to arise, and and you, you had a, a huge economic crisis. That was one change. Wow, that's that crazy. was one change. So if you could even, uh, you, I, I don't think you could possibly imagine what the consequences would be if we did this 
um, a that wholesale was, change like that. And that was only a couple. That was a, a year two a year or two after because the crash yeah, was in eighty seven, right? Eighty seven, eighty eight, and, the, and the, the the law was passed in eighty six. And now we've been going thirty years, and so suddenly you go to this flat tax. I mean, there's going to be major. Dis- oh, and, then, and we're not. And we're not. I don't think we're saying that that you know. I, I want taxes. Everyone wants taxes lower, but at the same time, the way in which you go about it I'm just is saying, really you have important. To, okay, okay. So let's let's look at this. Rand Paul's saying. I want to eliminate government, so I'm going to actually, the way we're going to pay for this, we're just not going to have as many services. All the other candidates are looking at, we're not going to eliminate services, we're just going to pay for it a different way. And so if your revenue is going to stay, they're not talking about eliminating Social Security, they're not talking about eliminating Medicare, they're not talking about eliminating any, any of the entitlement programs. Okay, how are you going to pay for it? The money comes from somewhere, and it always comes from the same place. Don't for the for, don't ever believe that the money's going to come from the rich and powerful because they're not going to pay it. Mm-hmm. It's going to come from you. Yep. It's going to come from the middle class. The, the middle class is where, even though the top one percent, you know that, that they now own you know as much as the bottom ninety, you know ninety percent. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's the ninety to ninety nine percent where there's a lot of money and there's a lot of money between the 80% and the 90%. Mm. The 50% below, they own nothing. Okay. They are the poor. Okay. They're, they're on food stamps, right? That's the, that's the half, you know, 50% that Romney talked about, you know, there a couple of years ago, there eight years ago or four years ago, that they're on welfare, right? Okay. That's fine. Just, you know, all I want to say, all I'm saying is just understand that, the rich are never going to pay for it. They, they're t- they, they, they can hire people. They've got money, etc. They're not going to be paying for it. And and I, I just laugh. I'm going. So what you're saying is you're going to reduce Donald Trump's tax rate from forty percent to fifteen percent. He's going to go on. Cool. Yes. He's not suggesting that, mm-hmm. but uh, I, which I find is interesting. He's not suggesting it. Um, I, I just find it fascinating when you're speaking a place when you're speaking from a place of a, a lack of knowledge to a, a, a group who has the same lack of knowledge of course these are some of the talking points that are going to come up no I don't think there's any question and this is what I, I always tell people is that I, I think I think the rich um, and powerful have done a really good job of promoting the lies okay um, whether it's the um, the Rockefellers who promoted the Federal Reserve lie, whether it's the uh, um, Wall Street who promotes the 401k mutual fund lie. and four hundred one k lie, <laughs> right? It doesn't matter when when you look at those lies, or or whether it's the government who's promote you know, or the or the Republican candidates now that are promoting the lie that the the laws too the laws too complicated for you. I'm going. You want to make it simple for eighty percent of the people? Easy. All you have to do is eliminate Schedule A, and it's simple. Could you have a three-page page tax code for employees? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But when it comes to a business owner, you need to have those incentives. How right? are well? I don't. I don't know if you need to, but I'm just saying that. How are you going to define income? How are you going to define? You know, when do I have to recognize this? When do I have to pay it? When do I? You know, all of this. It, it, you know, you have to define all this. Get it, making the code, you can make it simple for 80% of the people. Put H&R Block out of business. Hallelujah. Okay. Put TurboTax out of business. Hallelujah. It's never going to, I mean, that would not affect our business even from a, because we don't work with people, those people anyway. We're working with entrepreneurs and investors. I just, 
I, I just think it's important to understand that wherever your incentives are, that's what happens. Now, corporate tax, can we turn to that? Absolutely. Corporate tax is a very good that. example of that. Because Donald Trump, he's the one that brought up the point where you can create this, you know, this uh, holiday where they can bring all the money in, and I mean, right? And he's actually one of several of the candidates that that, yeah. that, that have suggested that. Um, but my point is, is that what the incentive that they have right now? Okay, so understand that the U.S. has the highest corporate tax rate in the world, in the world. Okay, on top of that, the U.S. taxes worldwide income. One of the few countries who does that. Okay, so you have this huge plus plus every other country has a value added tax, which is an incentive to export and a disincentive to import. Because remember, in a value added tax, you don't pay it if you export, but you do pay it on imports. Okay, which means think about think about U.S. corporate tax. So U.S. corporate tax is roughly forty percent when you include state. So you have a forty percent income tax rate, and then when they export to another country you've got a 22% value-added tax rate. And that's on gross. The 22% is on gross. The 40% is on net. Okay? Think about this. The other countries, they're exporting to the U.S. No value-added tax, so they don't have to pay that. And, ding, 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 no income tax because they have a low corporate income tax. So they're only paying tax if, if they have to pay tax in the U.S., which they don't necessarily, okay, because they may not have any enough connection with the U.S. to for the U.S. to be able to tax them or collect it from them. So it, it, it's, it's just a huge way. Finally, we're having discussions about this. Okay, I remember eight years ago when Obama was first president, he, he had this, there's this group, of, I mean, it included Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, and, and a lot of people, and, and he had this little roundtable. And I remember watching this roundtable, and they're going, yeah, you can't do what Obama's suggesting to do because you would destroy um, U.S. industry. Okay, well, right now, what do you have? You have an incentive to move offshore. Now you have Pfizer talking to Allergan, and Allergan's an offshore, and so they're doing this in inversion. You know, everybody's heard about the in these inversions. Mm -hmm. Well, the whole point is, is that corporations can move. Okay, they can change their citizenship. It's not easy for you or me to change our yeah, citizenship, no. and we don't want to change our citizenship, but a corporation doesn't care. Corporations don't care what their citizenship is. I mean, you don't get a better place on the New York Stock Exchange by being a U.S. company versus being a, a, a foreign company. And who cares about the New York Stock Exchange anyway? With the Internet, it doesn't even matter anymore, right? So the point is that what you've got now is an incentive to keep your money overseas and to push it overseas and, and to do these corporate inversions. What uh, I find it interesting, you have two different schools of thought. The, the Democrat school of thought is that we're going to punish you for doing that. The Republicans school, a lot of the Republican school of thought is we're going to reward you for bringing it back. Now, the question is, are we going to punish or are we going to reward? Okay. So if you punish, what happens is you're still creating, you may think you're punishing, but what you're doing is you're still creating an incentive yep. to push it off. You're going to find a way. Okay. Don't believe that you can't find a way. We have all sorts of rules in the tax law saying you can't push your money offshore. And yet... Guess what? We have Pfizer, that's one of the biggest companies in the world, pushing their money offshore. So you're going to find a way if there's enough money involved. What, what, whether it's Trump or there's seriously half a dozen of the Republicans, they're saying, we're going to reward you. If you'll bring it back on shore, we'll give you a one-time 10% rate or one-time 8% rate, whatever it is. Bring it back on shore, and then we have all the money in the economy again. Okay. 
Better yet, let's just reduce the corporate tax rate. One, one of the best, by the way, one of the best tax proposals um, when it comes to business, I think, is Rubio's. Because Rubio wants a 25% rate on both corporate and pass-through earnings. Okay. So what that means is now Rubio has an individual tax rate that makes you <coughs> swallow because it's 35% on the first after $75,000. Oh, wow. So it's a huge – I mean, Rubio, by the way, so read, go to Tax Foundation – Okay. And they have all the tax plans. And they plans. have all the tax plans and they have them it's compared and everything. Taxfoundation.org. Ta taxfoundation.org. Uh, you know, I'm, I get all my information from them. You know, I'm not, I'm not making this up. I'm not doing my own studies. Okay. I don't want to pretend that I am. But, but when I look at the, 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 the you know, these different plans, I, uh, you know, the, if you, you can reward, you can punish, but it has the same thing. It's still an incentive. So, you know, what it, What are you incentivizing? If you go to a 15% rate, you're incentivizing people to be employees. You, it's still an incentive. Mm -hmm. uh, understand that no matter what you do, you've created an incentive because now you've created an incentive to not take risk. Okay. You haven't created an incentive, an incentive. You have an incentive now to invest in something other than oil and gas or other than low-income housing. Now what's going to happen is it's just like you said, Patrick. So you say all these industries have done better because of the tax incentives. Well, now what's going to happen is it's just going to be a shift, okay? So now you're going to look at, okay, so if I don't have the tax incentive, now it will be purely an economic discussion, okay? Unless you're a, like a B Corp, you know, where you're looking at the, the, the social benefit. You know, you're Josh and Lisa Land and you're looking at, you know, uh, at, at um, social, social, service type social of capitalism, yep. right? And if, if that's what you want, that's all okay. Mm -hmm. It'll be probably a 10 to 15-year disruption, okay? And then it will settle into the new ecosystem. And that's what you have. And then you'll look at, okay, no longer are we going to look at the tax side of it. We're only going to look at the economic side of it. I'm not – I don't object to that. I'm just – I just want people to understand that what the results are – and if you do that, then you do go to a much more free market economy, which I'm not opposed to. You go to a situation where people are investing solely for where's what's going to drive my economics. They're not going to look at, I'm going to take a risk because I get an incentive to take that risk. Okay. So it's really a question of, um, are, are, are you taking risk? I mean, take even just this idea of, eliminating the carried interest rule, which you've heard, heard a lot about it. don't have time to explain it. But the carried interest rule basically converts ordinary income to capital gain for people who take the risk of, of a business or real estate, something like that, and they end up with a lower tax rate because capital gains rates are roughly, are half, roughly half of the, of the ordinary income. So all you're saying is we're going to give them incentive to take that risk. If you say, look, if you're going to take the risk. It will. It's just a rebalancing, okay? And it will be significant disruption. And you just have to look. And that, to me, that's the question: yeah. What is it you want? What role do you want government to have um, in in the economy? Now, the reality is, in my humble opinion, none of it makes any any difference because if you have one party that says we're going to give you money, and another party that says we're going to make you responsible for your own life. Who's going to win? I mean, this is like not rocket science here. I mean, the Republicans are like, they're, I, I don't think they have a shot anyway. But still, when you do go, okay, you know, where do I, 
you know, what am I doing here and what do I want? Just understand that what the consequences yeah, and are. And it's being educated because when, when the people are making decisions in regards to who they want to represent them, they're always going you know, to use these talking points. They're, right. I mean, you, you said in the different polls that show the, the different things that are at what level of importance and taxes are, is right up there. So they're, of yeah, course, going too. to say to the people that they want to vote for them, hey, we're going to lower your, your taxes. At the same time, remember that when money, more money comes to you, it means it's coming, you know, from coming somebody from, else. from somebody else. It's coming else. from somewhere. It's I mean, that's somewhere. the thing. You, you, you have being to taken recognize from somewhere else. It, is, it is a shift. There's only, now, you, the Fed actually creates money. But outside of the Fed creating money, nobody else, well, banks create money. Nobody else really creates money. So what you're doing is you've got, and nobody really, in the end, nobody truly creates, nobody creates value, okay? It's a shift of what those values are. So it's just a shift of, okay, where do those resources go? Do they go to Medicare or do they go to a school or do they go to um, uh, adoptive parents, tax credit for adoption, right? Or do they go to the, the investors in oil and gas? It's just where are you going to put Elon Musk. <laughs> do they go to Elon Musk, okay, for his, you know, I mean, for seriously. subsidies on, on you know, his, all of his alternatives. What, 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 whatever it is. Yeah. Under, I mean, I think what that's what people have to understand. It's, it's a zero-sum game, okay? It's not like, you know, the, the, the Republicans, I love it. Well, we're going to pay for this because of the growth. I'm going, are you sure about that? <laughs> now, the Tax Foundation actually scores it both ways. They score it mm, static and dynamic. Okay. So um, dynamic meaning that they're including whatever growth comes out of it. Got it. Um, what I don't know that the Tax Foundation looks – I don't even know if the Tax Foundation has looked at this as to what impact it has on other – on those industries. Yes, the decline of under, the, other the, industries. The decline of other industries. And what, and what it, I mean, for example, what impact if, if – okay, now we're producing less oil – and now oil is $5 a gallon, which it would be overnight. You yeah. just jump overnight. Mm -hmm. If oil is $5 a gallon, what impact does $5 a gallon oil have on the rest of the industries? So I don't Trans know. Transportation. You know, how far does that go? I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I mean, you know, how many iterations do they do in yep. that model? I don't know the answer to that. I don't know how Tax Foundation does their studies. But it's a, it's a question. Yeah. Well, in the end, it's all it's all human behavior, so it's it's right. really impossible to determine exactly what's going to happen. But something's going to happen, and that's the at the end of the day, it's it's a very complex system. And I wouldn't say you know the, the tax thing. It's really people want more money. And I think in the end, what how I would determine a maybe a better route would fi be figuring out a way for governments to be responsible for the money that we're actually paying them, being balanced, not going into debt. And really Not looking like at all, there, I mean, there's so many different wasteful things that happen. The poor, fair, I mean, we can go off on all the different earmarks. Oh, and, and, don't, and don't get me bills, wrong. There, 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 are, there are loopholes that need to be closed. Yep. You know, there are subsidies that you go, do we really want that subsidy? I mean, Ted Cruz is talking about the subsidy to sugar producers. And I'm going, I don't know if you want that or not. But I, I'm just saying... Yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree with that. There, there's some complexity that is unnecessary complexity. There mm -hmm. are loopholes that are truly are loopholes. In other words, they're unintended. Mm -hmm. Okay, should you close an unintended uh, a loophole? It's unintended. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm all for that. I mean, these aren't unintended consequences. These are intentional policy decisions. And the question is, how much do you want to change the policy, and how fast do you want to change it? Okay, I. Um, 
I think that um, I, I think we we really ought to just look at how do we change our own economy. Okay, I mean to me that's much bigger issue because yep. because when you think about the economy as a whole, it's just an aggregation of everybody else's personal economy. So if we go, we go. Okay, I want to change my economy. What do I do? Well, I want to lower my taxes. Well, I can give you a hundred ways to lower your taxes in the next twenty minutes. Okay, so you want to lower your taxes? It's easy. You find a tax advisor that knows how to lower your taxes, and you follow their advice and you do it. Okay. If you go, well, okay, no, what I want is I want clean energy. Okay, great. Then go towards that. You know, make that. There's your goal. And, and what do I do to get clean energy? Well. Put solar paneling on your houses, on your house, right? Um, drive a hybrid, drive you know, a Tesla, uh, even yeah, though those really aren't the you know, coal plants that actually fuel the anyway. Yeah, but coal plants in the U.S. are very efficient and they do not pollute. Okay, so, but, and, and, and it's certainly a much more efficient energy way to use energy than oil. Okay, so... Um, and, and, you know, there's, there's people who go, well, let's go to nuclear energy. And nuclear energy, actually, by the way, is the it's cleanest and most yeah. efficient of the energy sources that we have today, right? And so, you know, people are just, yeah, they're just scared because of Three Mile Island and, you know, et, et, et cetera. And, and that's fine. You know, you don't want to you, you do nuclear energy. That's fine. Develop your, clean sor- your other clean sources of energy. Um, you know, people talk about clean sources of energy at the same time they want to drain Lake Powell. Lake, yep. Lake Powell is a huge hydroelectric plant. Yep. So, you know, you, you, you got to balance all these things. And to me, it's just a matter of, it's what I love, anybody who does a podcast like you're doing, Patrick, I, I love your podcast. I love the Rich Dad Radio Show. Mm-hmm. I, love, I love these true education because all you're going is, all right, there's, two, there's three sides of a coin. Okay. There's heads, there's tails, and there's edge. the edge. Okay. And like Robert Kiyosaki always says, I want to stand on the edge because I want to see both sides. Okay. Okay, so that's all we're trying to do here is, you know, I, I hope our, the, the listeners here understand that it, I'm not, you know, I don't like any, frankly, I don't like either party whatsoever, okay? <laughs> I, I think they're all crazy. <laughs> At the same time, I'm going, okay, so can I change, can I change the outcome of president's election? No, I can't change the outcome of president's election. But can I change the outcome of my economy? Yeah. Can I put... Can I have goats and chickens in my air? Yep, I can. Can I can I have solar? Yes, I can. Can I have um, can can I can I, can I make myself um, such that everything gets mulched? You know, can I can I create my own mulch? And and can I have an orchard? Can I, I mean I can do all that. So we can do you know take responsibility for ourselves, but just understand that in order to do that, we have to have the education. So to me, that's the key. Yeah, and in the end, I mean, you look at just human beings in general, and we're we're really intelligent. But at the same time, uh, our our behavior becomes very ritualistic. We have and 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 sudden shifts in behavior does not really occur the way that we think it does. And whenever there are these type of big changes, there's always going to be uh, unintended consequences, right? Because in the end, you have no idea how human beings are going to behave. And typically, individuals behave a certain way because they're incentivized to do that. Once you start taking incentives away from one person and this group and that group, who knows what's going to happen? And in the end, that's not the discussion that's that's that's, that's occurring. And so, I mean, this has been a good podcast because it hasn't really talked about that other that other side. Because low tax for anybody, they're really oh, here's I'm that it's like low it. taxes. Oh, that's that's great. Here's my taxes. But at the same time, it's not the full it's not the full conversation. Right. So. It, it, it's always you know I, I was always I always love Paul Harvey. 
you know, because it was always about the rest of the story. And so that's kind of the, the point here is this is the rest of the story and dig deep and, uh, you know, understand not just the obvious consequence, mm -hmm. but the uh, less obvious consequence. Cool. Well, for those that have not uh, read your book, we'll, we'll put a link on the show notes to uh, oh, to get great. it on Amazon, but also the the audiobook. And you 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 spoke in the audiobook. You you're the I, voice. I, I read the book. <laughs> you, uh, uh, that's maybe the downside is you have to listen to my voice for awesome. like 15 hours. Um, but it's, it's not, not that long. It's not that long. It, it's not that long. Yeah. It's it's only a it's less than 300 page book. So, um, but I actually love doing the audiobook. So yeah, it's it's on audio. It's on Kindle. It's on you know it's on iBooks. So now how so I know you have a newsletter. So how else can people get a hold of you? They can subscribe uh, to your newsletter. Go right. to Provision Wealth. Um, yeah. Right. Or you can go, go to TaxFreeWealthAdvisor.com. That okay. that's actually the website that um, we use on every podcast and radio show Got because it. that's our most current. Um, uh, website and that's where you can get a free you know free download of a chapter of the book and you can get onto our our weekly mail I do a, a weekly mail every week and it's a it's not a marketing piece it's a information yeah, purely great. purely information piece awesome well Tom it was uh, it was awesome to have you on I appreciate your uh, appreciate your time this is a very enlightening conversation happy to do it okay thanks. and we'll uh, hope we'll get you on in the next uh, little bit awesome okay. thanks Patrick okay that was the, of course it's always enlightening talking to Tom. And although he is incredibly knowledgeable about tax and tax policy, he's still able to talk at a level that, that pretty much everybody is, is, uh, is able to understand. So I guess some of you guys can, can probably th think that uh, this is a, a kind of a different topic and one that's difficult to understand. And we were talking from a context of, of maybe those of you uh, that have read his book or familiar with with Tom, and I know that that's not the case with everybody. So I would definitely encourage you to to read his book and and maybe go back and listen to uh, the previous podcast that we've uh, that we've done. We'll put those in the show notes uh, because that does give context to uh, to what we talked about today. Uh, so that's uh, that's it. Again, thank you guys for listening. Appreciate it. Uh, uh, definitely, if you uh, liked what you heard, uh, go back and check out past podcasts. But you can also go to iTunes and uh, and give us a give us a ranking. That really helps us and and attracts more listeners. So if you uh, have a moment to go rank us and give us some good feedback, that would be uh, that would be awesome. All right, that's it. Uh, that's it for this week. We'll talk to you next week where we have another very very special guest that you are not going to want to miss. You've been listening to the Wealth Standard Radio Show your gold standard in everything financial.